Welcome to another episode of the Ebony Bird Podcast brought to you by Fansighted and EbonyBird.com, a Baltimore Ravens website off the Fansighted Network. I'm your host, Jake McDonald. I'm joined by both our site experts, Chris Schisler and Joe Schiller. For all of our social media, you can find us on Twitter at Ebony underscore Bird. I'm your host again, Jake McDonald. I'm McDonald 95 on Twitter. Chris is FootballMan58, and Joe is Joe Schiller with two R's out on Twitter. So guys, uh, happy Labor Day. Uh, we're three weeks or three days, excuse me, away from the season opener on Thursday and then six days from the Ravens season opener um, in Cincinnati. Uh, so that being said, you know, again, happy Labor Day. How are you guys doing? Less than a week from kickoff now. I'm doing well. Uh, college football gave us some good games this weekend, so I'm just ready for NFL to start. Yeah, I uh, love college football almost as much as I love my Ravens football. So, I mean, I'm watching the Georgia Tech game right now, and I've I have five straight days of college football. I don't know if I'm going to make the Thursday, guys. Yeah, Thursday night, certainly the season opener with uh, the Kansas City Chiefs going to uh, New England to take on the New England Patriots in Foxborough, Massachusetts. We're going to dive into uh, the Ravens season opener Sunday in Cincinnati. But first, we wanted to quickly touch on the 53-man roster that was revealed over the weekend. Um, I have the, the – I mean, we'll go to Chris first. Um, I guess I'll start off the conversation by saying – Two guys that the Ravens didn't keep that got cleared off waivers were uh, Taquan Mazzell and then Josh Woodrum. Um, really disappointing to see uh, Smoke go, but I mean, I've kind of—I think we all had a feeling that, that was uh, not completely off the table. So, Chris, we'll go to you first. Just some of your reactions to the 53-man roster reveal. Well, you took the words out of my mouth with the whole Smoke Mazzell thing. I—I I can't stand the fact that he's not on the roster. The biggest surprise for me was the scene. Uh, the tight end slash wide receiver, Vince Mayle, make the team. Uh, how many people had him on the 53-man roster uh, in their projections? So that was interesting. The offensive line movements with the trades and the that was that was interesting. And then uh, one last thing is we have, I believe, 19 players for the front seven, and all of them can play. That's a pretty beastly amount of firepower. Yeah, I mean, there there was really no questions on defense. I'm really glad they took all eight defensive linemen. I thought the only way they would get rid of one if they traded away maybe Willie Henry or Carl Davis. Um, I mean, I'm I'm a little surprised with Mazel, but then I'm not because Woodhead is such a similar player to him, and I guess if they think he's healthy enough to play week one, they're not going to keep smoke. And I'm sure they would want to keep him on the practice squad, but you knew once he um, hit waivers that he was going to sign with another team. But the Ravens did just bring in, I guess, with the Collins from uh, Seattle, and they just signed uh, Jeremy Langford uh, to the practice, practice squad. squad. So I'm sure he'll probably be promoted up to the 53-man roster, you have to think, given what he's done. Um, so they're definitely adding more talent in. Um, I will have to give uh, props to the scouting team, though. I think it was six total undrafted free agents that they brought in got claimed by a team. I mean, that's pretty incredible if you think about it. I mean, three in Woodrum, uh, Donald Payne, and Mazell to uh, different teams, and then the other three, Ricard, uh, Hill, and then uh, Bam Bradley. So, I mean, hats off to the scouting team. That's pretty incredible. And, I mean, if you think about it, those three uh, undrafted free agents that the Ravens brought on all have a chance to play. I mean, whether special teams at fullback or even starting slot corner. So, that'll be interesting to see how that plays out. 
Absolutely. I had that um, down on here to discuss all the undrafted rookies that, you know, made a push for the 53-man. Even Tim White, a guy that really impressed him beginning of training camp and unfortunately suffered that thumb injury. He was uh, impressing, really had a strong shot to make the 53-man if he uh, kept things up past the first couple of weeks. But to play off that, um, you know, of course, they traded for two offensive linemen, uh, the guy from the Jaguars and the guy from the uh, Bergstrom from the Cardinals, uh, whose names I know I'm going to butcher, Bowanko from the uh from the Jaguars so they've got these two guys now not sure if they if they plan to start them at any point but they are there for death because of all the um retirements and uh the, the injuries that have taken place so far on the offensive line and then I was a little bit to a little bit of uh our surprise Jeremy Zuta got cut who I thought you know knowing the playbook him being there he could have possibly uh made the team just because of his familiar familiarity with the offense but um unfortunately uh, he's he's gone, so I guess that really says what kind of shape he was in right now. And then the only really other things that I have uh, were you know other guys let go like Keenan Reynolds and Larry Donnell. Uh, so if, if, do any of you guys have anything else you want to add to the roster discussion before we uh, break it down for the uh, news that occurred over the weekend? Uh, I think, go ahead, Chris. I'm sorry. Ah, oh, my bad. I think we both jumped in at the same time. I'd say when the, with the Utah thing. When they're done with a player, they're done with a player. He wasn't here because we wanted him here. He was here because we didn't have any better options at that point. And I think the Ravens made an effort to give the offensive line better options than Jeremy Zuta. I thought it was a little interesting uh, when they put Canadian on injured reserve. Said they brought back Chris Matthews. I don't think he's probably got any shot as a receiver, but um, I guess they feel pretty highly about him on special teams. So uh, you, uh, Most of those spots that go like 50-51, 52 and 53. That's I think what Chris talked about earlier. I guess okay. male too for uh, special team stuff. So moving on now, there was some news coming out over the weekend after the Ravens played their fourth preseason game, but that's against the New Orleans Saints. The Ravens going 4-0 in the preseason. Uh, some news: several injured players on the offensive side of the ball returned to practice, including quarterback Joe Flacco, receiver Brashad Perryman, running back Denny Woodhead, and tackle Ronnie Stanley. You know the big pieces on offense seem to all be out at the same time but those guys are back uh this is huge you know it's not going to be pretty at the beginning i think because a lot of these guys are key players on offense and they lost so much time uh nursing these injuries and i'm still very concerned about flacco you know we don't know uh how he's going to hold up after he gets hit because he hasn't been touched and suffering that back injury we don't know if perryman's going to be able to last long of you know with his injury history and Danny Woodhead, ever since he tore his ACL last season, has struggled to stay healthy. And then Ronnie Stanley didn't play 16 games in his rookie season. So all these guys are good to have back, but um, recent history would show that it wouldn't be shocking if they would go down again. So, uh, Chris, we'll head to you first. Your reaction to uh, these guys being brought back on uh, over the weekend and another tidbit, whether or not Joe Flacco will be ready to play in such a short time period after not practicing at the beginning of training camp since. Well, I... I've been saying it. I think this Ravens-Bengals game is going to look a lot like the Ravens-Bills game last year. Neither offense is going to do a hell of a lot. The defenses are going to roll the day. The Ravens' defense is the best defense in the league, and they're definitely the best defense to match up. So I, I, I like that. Joe Flacco is going to be rusty. Flacco never has a good game against the Bengals. It's just a, it's like a written roll somewhere. In the NFL rulebook, Joe Flacco is not allowed to do well against Cincinnati. But, you know, Rashad Perryman coming back, that's huge. 
Uh, he's like, as a big play receiver to the offense. You know, I, I'm excited. I'm excited because I don't think the offense needs to be spectacular week one. I don't think they need to be spectacular the entire season. And I think with the big play receivers that we have, if we can get it going, this could offense could actually be functional. Yeah, I mean, it's great to have all those guys back. I guess Flacco doesn't really have a choice if he's going to be ready or not. I mean, there's no way in hell anyone wants Ryan Mallett starting that game or even coming in because that's just going to be awful. No one wants to watch that. Um, I'm just really interested to see how Flacco's going to do with the receivers. I don't, We don't know how much he's been practicing with them behind closed doors if he's really been throwing at all. So that'll be interesting to see how he goes with Perryman, who's also missed time, and then um, Macklin and the other guys. Um, it's just, It's going to be an ugly game. It's going to be a defensive grind. Um, the offense is going to have to put up some points somehow. I'm expecting we'll just see a lot of Justin Tucker field goals. Yeah, that kind of leads me into, um, you know, our Ravens and Bengals, you know, uh, preview for Sunday taking place at 1 o'clock from Paul Brown Stadium in Cincinnati, the Ravens taking on the Bengals for the season opener. I think you guys hit it right on the head. We can't really expect much from Flacco after not being given a lot of practice time because of his back injury. And I don't care who you are, even Brady would look rusty if he didn't have, you know, with his age and not having a, a full training camp of practice, he would probably be in a similar situation. So what to expect? Uh, low scoring. Um, I think Joe Flacco is due for at least one interception during the game, and I also think that A.J. Green will catch a touchdown pass at some point in the game. Hopefully it's not going to be too late in the game and cause a big uh, impact on the final results. So, Chris, anything else you're expecting on Sunday? Honestly, I'm expecting the Bengals' offense to do nothing. I'm expecting... Because the Bengals' biggest weakness is their offensive line. Andy Dalton needs time to get these big plays off to A.J. Green, to Tyler Eifert. I think Eric Weddle, Tony Jefferson helped the secondary an awful lot. I think Jimmy Smith, Brandon Carr hold their own. I think slot corner, you see a little with Darius Webb. You see a little Jalen Hill, and everything is good with the world. I think you limit the big plays. You sack Dalton. When you don't sack him, you hit him. You stop the run, Joe Mixon, Giovanni Bernard, it doesn't matter who we're seeing. I want to see the defense dominate. I think they will. Their offensive line is horrible, and our defensive line has eight guys that can wreck all five offensive linemen in a one-on-one matchup. So I think we're going to see a lot of backfield penetration. I think we're going to see a lot of not having to blitz to get pressure, which means the coverage problems that we've historically had against the Bengals aren't going to be there anymore, despite A.J. Green being one of the premier guys in the NFL. Yeah, I will say as as many problems as the Bengals have in the offensive line, I think the Ravens are going to have that same problem. Coming up against places like Carlos Dunlap and Geno Atkins, I mean, it's going to be interesting to see how if Stanley is healthy and then Austin Howard on the outside to see how they go against those guys. Flacco's going to be rusty, and he's probably not going to have a whole lot of time to throw in the pocket. And we'll also see how well that new-look secondary can hold up against A.J. Green because we know in the past he's just torched his team. I mean, for probably career games, I think, if you look it up, he's had probably his best games against the Ravens with some ridiculous touchdowns. So it's going to be interesting to see how that plays out. Um, like we said before, it's, it's going to be all on the defense. The offense isn't going to put up much. So, like Chris said, it's going to be a low-scoring game like the Bills were week one and I think that's what we can what we can expect going in. 
Some players to watch out, it seems like we're kind of all on the same page of what we're expecting on Sunday. Who to watch for? I really think the entire offense has a lot to keep an eye on. The offensive line, how uncertain that is. We could go on to whether or not uh, Ryan Jensen's going to be able to perform well, taking over the new center job. We could go into uh, Ronnie Stanley and Marshall Yanda's health. We could go into um, Austin Howard's health. Really, the entire offense, not just the line, but the offense as a whole, Flacco, how long he stays in, what happens once he gets hit. Uh, the running game, how effective is it going to be able to move against the Bengals' front seven, the combination of West, uh, you know, how Woodhead looks. We kind of, you know, all just talked about this. And then how are the receivers going to look after Perryman missed all those weeks of practice and then Flacco hadn't gained any chemistry with Jeremy Macklin? Uh, but aside from that, on the defense, you could take a look at all the rookies, especially the front seven, uh, taking a look at uh, Kamalai Correa, uh, how he, you know, does in his first start, uh, presumably his first start on defense, and then, uh, Tony Jefferson just come not not because I'm concerned about him, just because of how well he's going to perform his first year in the secondary as a veteran, and also you know a guy like Marlon Humphrey. Uh, we'll go to you first, Joe. Who aside from those are you uh, keeping out an eye out out for on Sunday? Uh, probably the pass rush. I think that and tight end. Um, the Ravens had such a problem with pass rush last year, mostly due with uh, just lack of depth and then injuries with uh, Elvis Dumerville. Um I'm assuming we'll probably see Suggs on one side and Judon on the other, but. We'll definitely see plenty of ties, Bowser, Tim Williams, Darius Smith, and the rest of the guys out there. So that's a very deep position. I think they could definitely get to Andy Dalton on Sunday. And then also on the offensive side, the tight end position, because they only took, I would think, three viable tight ends. Uh, Vince Mail, I don't think he's going to see much of a like receiving aspect in the game. So I guess it's up to Ben Watson, Max Williams, and Nick Boyle to really get that production. And none of those guys have been able to stay on the field, at least last season. So that's a lot weighing on a position that we really have. I'm going to give you a guy that we haven't really talked about yet. James Hurst. I think starting that left guard, potentially James Hurst, that guard hasn't been horrible at tackle. It's a nightmare. I think guard kind of gets him away from his problem areas. If he can play good at guard, I like the offensive line. I think Jensen's proved it at center. I think Austin Howard is going to be fine at right tackle. You know if Stanley's healthy, he's a guy who can hold his own, and Marshall Yonda's a rock. So the offensive line to me comes down to who's the weak link, and you know what? I'm hoping there is no weak link. So James Hurst is a guy to watch for the offense and for the defense. The guy I think you need to watch is Darius Webb and Jalen Hill. I want to see at the nickel – who gets the most snaps, and I also want to see how each one of them play and which defensive tendencies you see when one or the other is on the field in that position. Believe it or not, the Ravens and Bengals won't be the only AFC North Divisional Showdown taking place this weekend. It's also on Sunday at 1 o'clock. The Steelers are traveling to Cleveland to take on the Browns at 1 o'clock. Uh, I guess this one's pretty easy to predict. The Steelers are going to have, for the first time and probably forever, Big Ben, Le'Veon Bell, uh, Antonio Brown, and Martavis Bryant, the four Bs, all in the field at the same time. I could see this game being close. I think the Browns are due for a, around a six-win season. They're not going to be as horrible as everybody thinks that they're going to be. Um, but I could also see it being a blowout into the Steelers' favor. I really don't know what, whether or not what's going to happen, if it's going to be close or if it's going to be a blowout. My mind's picking the Steelers in this one. What do you guys think? Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, I mean, I'm in the same boat, too. It'll be interesting to see how Deshaun Kaiser does, because I'm assuming he's getting the start, because he'll come up against the Ravens 
next week, and I'm pretty sure the Steelers and the Browns have traded like 100 players between them like during the past week, so that'll be interesting to see how that plays out. Yeah, definitely the Steelers and the Browns playing this Sunday. I did want to mention that the Ravens' next game, as you guys alluded to, next week is going to be the Browns. So that means the Ravens' first two games of the season and three out of the first four are divisional with the uh, Jaguars game taking place in London in between. Uh, let's go to our game picks now, our final segment of the Ebony Bird podcast. Once again, this is a Baltimore Ravens podcast brought to you by Ebony Bird and Fansided. Ebony Bird is the official Baltimore Ravens blog of Fansided, and this is, of course, our podcast as well. You're listening through either iTunes or Blog Talk Radio. Please follow us on Twitter at Ebony underscore Bird. I'm Jay McDonald, 95 on Twitter. Chris is FootballMan58, and Joe is Joe Schiller of 2Rs on Twitter. So we're going to do our score predictions here. I have Bengals 20, Ravens 16. Joe, we'll go to you first. What do you have? I'll go Ravens 19. I think Justin Tucker's going to kick four field goals and be the offensive guy. Uh, Ravens 19, Bengals 10. I'm going to go out on a bit of a limb. I'm going to say Ravens 10, Bengals 0. That could pass. That is a bold prediction, and I hope you guys are right because if the Ravens do win in Cincinnati on Sunday, it will be the first time they have done so since 2011. So six straight tries. They have been there, almost all of them, at the last game of the season, and they have not come out on top since 2011 in that game that ended up clinching in the AFC North. So, guys, before we go, anything else you want to add before we say goodnight? It does me. There's a couple things I want to say about that. First off, 2012 – we kind of pulled our starters because we had the division locked up. And then this past year, we just got knocked out of the playoffs. The Steelers crushed our heart. I don't think – I think we would have won if we beat the Steelers. They didn't give a crap. And maybe that's a problem for the Ravens, but they did not care. So while I think we definitely have problems with Cincinnati, the situation on a couple of those games has dictated the results. I meant to touch on this earlier, and I wanted to say regarding the offensive line, as much as we talk about James Hurst being one of the weak links, if that is, I think Austin Howard has a chance to also be that. I, from what I've seen from him this preseason, I mean, he's he's been solid in the past, but coming off of injury, he just looks so rusty and slow at times coming off the edge. And when you have a big guy like Atkins or Dunlap on the on the left or right side, that that's pretty worrisome, especially with Joe Flacco and his back injury. So hopefully Howard can really put it together, shake out some of that rust he's had from the preseason, because the Ravens are going to need him to solidify that right tackle spot this season. The Ravens' offense will live and die by the offensive line this season. I think we can all agree on that. Mm-hmm. For sure. Well, that wraps up this episode of the Emily Bird Podcast. Again, I'm Jake McDonald. Thank you to our two site experts, Chris Schisler and Joe Schiller, joining me tonight on the Ebony Bird Podcast. Enjoy the game this Sunday, and hopefully when we come at you next week, we will be talking about a Ravens W, and as Jerry Sandusky says, the hay will be in the barn. So enjoy the game on Sunday. We'll talk to you next week on the Ebony Bird Podcast, brought to you by Fansided.